tell you something right now? History and, of course, the Word of God and the fulfillment of the prophecies that happened in the life of Jesus proves that he was no lunatic. Certainly proves that he was no liar. He was and is the Lord. One thing I love about this song is, Joseph, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why here? Why him and uh, with all the rulers in the world? Why here in this place filled with hate? And why her? She's just an ordinary girl. And I love that song. It says, I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. In other words, this is Joseph singing this song. I know what that angel said, but God, this is strange. This doesn't make sense. But nevertheless, Not my will, but your will be done. See, I want to get a little deep on you for just a second. I'm going to go real quick, and I'm going to have you out of here by 12-ish. There is a reason why it had to happen in such a strange way. And, of course, those that know me that's been with this church for a while or for any matter of time know that I know that the answer to most of the mysteries of understanding God and the kingdom and his will are found in the book of Genesis. Because if you want to understand the nature of God, the will of God, the future of mankind, what he wanted for man, what he wants a man finally to walk in one day, you can really go all the way back to the first few chapters of Genesis, which deals with creation and deals with the Garden of Eden and deals with the fall of man and deals with the things that happened directly immediately after the Garden of Eden. That is where you learn the heart of God. That we see the true heart of God in the Garden of Eden. What is his heart? His heart is that he has longed from the day of creation of man to walk with man. He wants to be with us. He doesn't just want us to be with him. Do you get what I'm saying this morning? Am I at a Pentecostal church this morning? Did you hear what I just said? He wants to be with us, not just us. He doesn't just want us to be with him. That's why the Bible says in John 1:14 that the word became flesh and dwelt what? Say it loud, what? Among us. He didn't just become flesh and sit himself up on the throne and put all of us beneath him. He dwelt among us. He came and walked among us. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I want you to know something about the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ was not something that was, quote, thought up by God as a reaction to the fall of man. God does not make it up as it goes. God has never, listen to me, it's going to be, it's going to get deep on you, hearing me? God has never one time ever reacted to anything. Even if you could show me what it implies in Scripture that it seems like he's reacting to something, let me tell you something, it's out of the nature of God. How do I know that God is, when you react to something, you are responding based on what just happened. You did not know it was coming, and you reacted to it. 
God is Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, the one that was and is and is to come. He does not predict the future. He is the future. He does not exist. He is existence. So when he does something, even if it seems like he's reacting to something that blindsided him, God If it ever happened one time, if God has ever been blindsided one time, how in the world can we ever trust that he will be with us when we are blindsided? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means even when you are blindsided, I am with you and I knew you was going to be blindsided. So he didn't just stop and say, I never leave you. He said, I never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, listen, it's one thing for somebody to be with you when you got blindsided, but it's another thing for somebody to be with you when you lost everything and still stayed with you. Some of y'all have people with you when you lost everything, but when soon after you lost everything, you lost them too. Like the prodigal son. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you where it all started. The reason God had to come become flesh and dwell among us is because in the book of Genesis, when he created everything, remember he created, he created the environments that would sustain the creations first. In other words, he created the water. He created the air. He created the dirt. And then he said to the water, read your Bible, book of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible said he spoke to the water and told the water to bring forth the fish. The fish, the water didn't create the fish. God created the fish but God created the environment to sustain the fish first. In other words, God's never going to create something and throw it out there and not give it the ability to be sustained. So he says, look, I didn't create a fish and then realize, oh, my goodness, I didn't think about the fact that the fish is going to die if he's not in water. I better hurry up and make some water. Are you hearing me? So he didn't react to a fish needing to be in water. He made sure there was water, then he made the fish. He knew that birds would never be happy on the ground. They would only feel like they were in their purpose when they were soaring through the air. So he spoke to the air, and he called out of the air the birds. He knew that the animals that would crawl on their fours or whatever amount of feet they got, they would eat from the things that came out of the ground whether it be plants, whether it be fruits, whether it be leaves, or whether it be something else that eats plants, fruits, and leaves. Like a lion. A lion doesn't eat fruits and vegetables. It just eats things that eats fruits and vegetables. Circle of life. It all goes to dust, right? So he created the dirt, and then he spoke to the dirt And he told the dirt to bring forth trees, to bring forth herbs, to bring forth every living thing. So in other words, God creates an environment and then calls out of the environment the chosen creation that will be sustained by that environment. But when it came time to make man, he did not speak to the air or to the water, or even to the dirt. Now, I'm not talking about the flesh. I know that he formed man, the flesh, from the dust of the earth, telling us 
that the way the flesh will live and be sustained is it must eat from the things that come from the dirt. We eat fruits, we eat vegetables, we eat animals that eat fruits and vegetables. We are a mammal. Can I get an amen? I'm not a, I'm not a monkey, but I am a mammal. I didn't come from a monkey, I came from God. But my flesh is sustained by the environment of the earth. But this is not who I am. This is temporal. In Genesis 1.26, my favorite verse in all of the Word of God, because it sums up the gospel, he says this. It's time for us to make, now listen, get the big picture of this. The reason for, for which this planet, that sun, those stars, the environments, everything, the, the four different seasons, are y'all hearing me? Everything that was in place while we set it in orbit, while we put all these other planets, while we lined them all up, it's now time for us to create the reason that we made all this. Because we didn't have to make all this. How many knows he already had fellowship with angels in heaven? But he made it so he could be with us. He didn't speak to the to the sun S-U-N. He didn't speak to the solar system. He didn't speak to some alien that's out there on another planet to come and start a race here like you're told on History Channel all the time. Huh? Quit believing that mess. You either believe the Word of God or you don't. He didn't speak to the water. We didn't evolve out from some fish and a little guppy and grew some legs and crawled out. And one day the fish became a horse and one day the horse became a deer. Somehow the deer became a monkey. And one day I was eating a banana and all of a sudden I said, you know what? I'm tired of these bananas. And I stood up right and I became a man. He did not speak even to the dirt because the Bible said man was not even alive. He stood there like a statue. He was not even a living soul. There was no life in him. It came time to speak to the environment that would sustain his greatest creation. Nothing on this earth could sustain his greatest creation for all eternity. So he couldn't speak to anything in the natural. The only environment that can sustain us, the true us, our spirit man, is himself. So he spoke to himself. He said, let us, Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Watch this. He's already created all sudden. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. In other words, all this amazing stuff that I made, they all must bow to this creation. Why? Even though their bodies go back to the same dust as the animals. They don't bow to the body. They bow to the glory. They bow to the sonship. They bow to 
of the lineage. He gave man dominion. Now watch this. Let me tell you how much dominion he had. He looked at man and he said, let me tell you something. All of this, every bit of it, everything, I give it to you. I'm going to come out here and walk with you. That's all I want from you. All I want from you is a, is a, a few moments with me every day in the cool of this garden that I've planted for you and pushed you in. Just don't want you to eat from that tree. You can eat from any other tree, but you can't eat from that tree. As long as you stay away from that tree, we're good. Here's how much authority I've given you. Even though I made every single creature that's on this earth, I made them. I intentionally did not name them. Because from this point forward, they, they submit to you on this earth as they submit to me. So I give you power to name every one of them. The Bible says Adam named every creature himself. Now watch what the Bible says. As, as It's so amazing how it's laid out in Scripture. As he finishes naming every creature, who knows, who knows how long that took? The Bible says at that point, after he had declared his dominion over everything in this earth, according to what God had commanded him to do, then God said, it is not good for man to be alone. God said, now he's done everything I need him to do. Now I want him to know that it's not good for him to be alone. So, so you're going to get upset in this world. I don't mean to trigger anybody, okay? Don't mean to upset anybody in this culture in which we're living in. Because I believe in women's rights. I believe in women powerful anointing preachers of the gospel. You're going to see some women preaching the gospel on New Year's Eve here in this church. We believe that women of God can preach the gospel in this church. And prophesy. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. But there is an order in the family that God installed, whether you like it or not. And I'm not talking about, you know, lording over someone, but leading them. So father, husband. Wife and children. It's the order of the family. Here's why there's why God put that order in the family. Because remember, it is the environment that sustains the creation if the creation is called out of the environment. So the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, you go back and read it, you'll find that the Bible says, And God created male and female, created he them, and called them Adam. This is in your Bible. Some of y'all don't even know that's in your Bible. Called them Adam. In other words, when he said, let us make man in our image, he was making male and female spirit man. Because how many of those ladies on the inside, your spirit looks just like my spirit? Because our spirit was created in the image of God. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. It's the breath of God. That's why... People don't like to hear it, but here's the reality of how it came in our English language. That's why it's called man and woman. Man and woman simply means man with a womb, womb man. Woman came from womb man, man with a womb. Am I getting too deep on you for Sunday before Christmas? So now watch this. 
So when he said in Genesis 1, 26, he's going to give dominion to the, in the spirit realm. Remember, he was speaking to himself in God's spirit. He was saying, women, ladies, you have just as much dominion on this earth in the spirit realm as any man. You have just the right to call devils out, cast devils out, lay hands on the sick. I wish I had more ladies that would help me preach. I wish I had some more men that would help me preach. Don't you want strong women of God? I got, I got eight minutes. No, I got 11 minutes. I can't count. But when it came time to make the flesh of woman, what did he do? He laid man down and put him into a deep sleep. And what did he do? He went inside man and pulled a rib out of man and fashioned woman around that rib, thus declaring that in the natural, the order of authority in the environment that is supposed to provide for and sustain the woman is the environment in which she came out. So if you're a man and you don't provide for your woman and your kids, the Bible says you are worse than an infidel which means somebody that don't even believe in God, and you have departed from the faith. You can't even call yourself a child of God if you won't provide for your family. Baby Yoda. So, I mean, it just changed the environment, didn't it? Everybody's mad at me. Tell me Baby Yoda. Tweet that. Pastor Larry preached on Baby Yoda. That'll get him talking. I'm going to get you out of here real soon. Watch this. So that's why in the natural, woman came out of man, so therefore the natural order is the environment that sustains the woman is man. The environment that sustains the man is God. But now watch this. I can't look at my notes because I'll get distracted because I'm speaking out of my heart. The Bible says in the book of Leviticus about this flesh, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So the evidence that your body is still alive is that the blood, you have to have blood in your body and it's still pumping, right? Life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, but we understand that our spirit being, anything that's created spiritually is eternal. Once it's created, it never dies spiritually. That's why people say, why don't God just kill the devil? You ever wanted him to just kill the devil? I have. I'm like, God, why can't you just kill him? Because God is a God of his word and his word of his laws. And the spiritual law in the spirit realm is one thing is something is created in the spirit realm, it's eternal, good or bad. That's why there's an eternal heaven and an eternal hell. Are you hearing me? People want to believe in eternal heaven, but they don't want to believe in eternal hell. But the reality is this. If, you don't, if you're not a child of God, you don't go to heaven, your spirit man never dies, so where's it going? It's not a ghost. So spirits never die, but our bodies do because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So watch this. How's this got anything to do with Christmas? You have to read the war in Bethlehem to really get it. But here's the reality. How many knows what happens when a baby is conceived? Do y'all know how babies are made? I don't need to have a class, right? Okay. The stork comes. What are y'all thinking? Okay. 
So when this happens, not only is there something supernatural that happens within the womb, not only is there a life conceived, but there's a purpose that's conceived. There's a destiny that's conceived. There's faith that is injected. For God has given to everyone the measure of faith. But now listen. In order for that baby to be born, that baby has to have the life of the flesh. Okay? So where does the baby get the life? What is the life of the flesh? Blood. So where does the baby get his or her blood? From the mother. But because Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the moment that they ate of it, they immediately knew they were naked. Why is that such a big deal? They were already naked. How did they know they were naked? Because for the first time in their, since their creation, the glory of the Lord that protected them from being killed and being in the presence of the glory of God when they walked with them in the cool of the day fell off of them. And they saw themselves in a sin nature versus a son nature. Did you hear me? Before they walked as sons and daughters of God. Now they walked in sinners who had disobeyed God. Because one, ver- one chapter before they're walking with God, the next chapter they're hiding from God. Same people, same God. Now what's God, did God react? Or did God already know this was going to happen? Now, I don't want to get all deep and crazy with y'all and mess you up in your mind, but here's the reality. Here's the reality. If this messes up your faith, I don't know how much faith you got because here's the reality. I want to, I want to serve a God that knows everything. Here's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says Jesus in the book of Revelation is the lamb slain. It actually says from the foundation of the world. In other words, the moment that God said, let there be light, Jesus, the word of God, who was in the spirit and not the flesh, said, I'll go and I'll suffer and I'll die. Now, to me, that's exciting. That may mess you up. But here's what's even more exciting. If the blood comes from the mama, Even though Mary was direct lineage to David, which meant she had a royal bloodline in the terms of royalty, that still did not negate she also had the bloodline that was tainted from sin all the way back to Adam. We know David was a great king, but he also was known for pretty pretty big sins. Are you hearing me? So, even though Mary was a very holy and acceptable to God, probably the most, I mean, she had to be pretty awesome for God to say, she's the one. That's pretty awesome. That's, that's exceptional. But some people believe that she, was, she didn't have sin either. I don't want to get into the debating whether you're Catholic doctrine and all that. I'm just going to say this to you right now. I don't read anywhere in Scripture where there was another conception of Mary's mama, and Mary's mama was a virgin as well because here's the reality. The only way you can't have tainted blood from sin in your life is you have to have blood in your body that did not come from your mama. So here's the reality. 
Mary carried Jesus, gave birth to Jesus, but never gave her blood to Jesus. How do you know that, Pastor? Read War in Bethlehem. You'll get more information. I ain't got time to preach. I only got three minutes. But here's the reality. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, there's a conversation between God and the Son. If you ever want to have somebody that don't believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, take them to Hebrews chapter 1. Because Hebrews chapter 1 is actually a conversation between the Father and the Son. And the Son calls the Father God, and the Father calls the Son God. It's in chapter 1 of the book of Hebrews. And one of the things that it says in chapter 1 of the book of Hebrews is Jesus says to the Father in this conversation that God allowed us to, to read that happened, when, who knows when it happened, eternities ago. Jesus says to the Father, you have prepared me a body. He says that to him in heaven. You have prepared me a body. Well, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So he's not. So in other words, if he has prepared him a body and that body's going to live one day here on this earth in our form, in our fashion, become flesh and dwell among us. How many of those Jesus, we know he had blood because his blood was shed for our sins. So where did he get that blood? He got that blood from the blood, the original blood that was created by God in heaven and put into the body of Adam. Adam had to get blood. What happened? The Bible says he put his mouth to Adam's mouth and breathed into him. And life came into him and became a living soul. Well, if the life of the flesh is in the when he blew into him, he didn't just blow his spirit into him. He put blood into him because he didn't have a mama. Are y'all with me? Woo, some of y'all going to be meditating on this all through Christmas. You're going to be like, good God Almighty. So that's why I say that Adam, the first Adam, was a perfect man. He was created in the image of God. He had untainted blood in his body. He had never sinned, but the moment that he sinned, the moment that he sinned, watch what happened. His blood became tainted with sin. So Jesus is called the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So when, when man fell, he comes back down to the garden one more time. He says, where you at? See, you think he don't know where he's at. God's all-knowing. This is God beginning to show us his nature. His nature is all along he's always known that he would have to show us grace and mercy, that he would always have to give us an opportunity to come clean with him, and that's what he wanted. Where are you? It was an altar call. People, people say, the reason we don't have altar calls in church anymore is because I don't read anywhere in Scripture where there's an altar call where they haven't read the Bible. Just because he don't say there's a spot that you got to come before a man of God and all that kind of stuff, and I know, I know that's not in there, but, boy, I wish I had another hour. I could tell you something. Think about, think about Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Before God ever destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, what did he do? He first sent angels to Abraham and gave Abraham an opportunity. Abraham gave them, he gave them an opportunity. Every time he'd say, would you do it for this amount? Would you do it for this amount? I cannot destroy them until you, till Lot gets out. That was an altar call. Gave Lot an opportunity. Gave the people of Sodom and Gomorrah an opportunity to repent. Jonah. Huh, you hearing me? I don't want to go preach to them heathens. But he used Jonah as an altar call to get a whole city saved. Where are you, Adam? I'm hiding. Well, why are you hiding? Second. You know how you know preachers go, number one. Number two. Number two. Why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. Number three. Who told you you were naked? Who was that woman? And now we see the nature of man. Now we see why God could never leave it up to us to get it right. Because we will never take responsibility for our own sin. It was that woman you gave me. Eve, is that right? It was that snake. Snake, is that right? Well, I don't really want to talk about it. Well, let me talk to you, snake. On your belly you shall go all the days of your life. Dust you shall eat. What are we made of? Dust. That's why snakes are on the ground. They strike us to try to strike us in the flesh, but in the spirit. That's why the devil is a snake, and he likes to feed on our flesh. But then he looks at the devil. Of course, he, he speaks some things to Adam and Eve. I don't have time to go into all that about the ground, about giving birth. But then he looks at the snake and he says, there's a seed coming of a woman. And when that seed comes forth, you will strike like you always do. You will bruise him. And it will look like that poison has taken him out. But when you strike, the very strike against his flesh will crush your head. From that point forward, the plan was set into motion. Every single prophet that ever came up and spoke in the name of God, because the devil is not all-knowing, he said, that must be the seed killer. That's why they killed the prophets. That's why Jesus looked over Jerusalem and said, how long, how long, Jerusalem? He says, you've killed the prophets. You've killed the prophets. The devil was killing them one by one because he did not know that must be the Messiah. That must be the Messiah. That must be the Messiah. They wanted to kill John the Baptist because they thought John the Baptist was the Messiah. Are you hearing me? I've got one more thing to tell you. Jesus came back from the dead. So, by the way, the blood that came into the virgin womb, the Bible says the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you, and you shall conceive a child. Do you understand that overshadow, the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. In other words, what happened to Adam what happened to, to Eve when she gave birth and what happened to, to her children? Well, she actually had children the right, right way, but what happened to Adam when Adam breathed life, when God breathed life into Adam is what happened to Mary. The Holy Spirit whew, 
breathed into her and breathed the life of a body and the blood that the body would be sustained by. She literally raised a child. I don't, look, if you can't, if you can believe in the virgin birth, that somebody had a baby without being with another man, then why is it hard for you to believe that Jesus was born without an umbilical cord? You know why I believe Jesus was born without an umbilical cord? Because Adam didn't have an umbilical cord. How do you know Adam didn't have an umbilical cord? Why do we have umbilical cords? They're connected to our mother to feed us. Adam didn't need to be fed by a woman. He was fed by God. Watch what happens. I'm going to show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 through 49. Watch this. Here it is. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The last Adam is Jesus. However, the spiritual is not first but the natural, and afterwards the spiritual. The first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And was the, and was as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And and as we have borne the image of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. The only way Jesus Christ could die on the, sin, on the cross for our sins, he that knew no sin and became sin so that we might be saved, his blood had to be pure. Now watch this. No one gave him his blood, and no one ever had his blood in their body afterwards. He never married Contrary to what Hollywood tries to tell you, there's not absolute any historical evidence that he ever married and he ever had children. He lived a single life all the way through as Jesus at age 30 began his ministry at 33 and a half years old approximately. He died on the cross. He died Jesus, the Son of God. And when his blood came out of his body, he did, guess what happened? It hit the earth. And when it hit the earth, something happened so powerful that the earth began to shake and the sun refused to shine. Something happened. The most powerful thing, i got to tell you this because it's Christmas. The most powerful thing of all of it is this. When he came back from the dead, he's walking through the garden. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that when Mary passed by him. She didn't know him because she thought he was the gardener. Jesus, in his resurrected form, was walking through a garden. I can just see him now going, oh yeah, we're back. They can walk with me. He's dressed in all white because he's dressed as the high priest on Passover who's about to go into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the Lamb. And he walks right past her and she looks at him dressed that way like, I don't know who that is. And as, he, as she walks by, he says, Mary. My Lord. She knew his voice. 
She ran towards him and listen to what he said. He said, Mary, don't touch me. He wasn't saying that because she was a woman. Listen to the rest of what he said. He's touched, he says, touch me not, for I've not yet ascended to my father. But go into Jerusalem and tell my disciples that I ascend to my father and I will come to them. In other words, he completed the Genesis prophecy. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, if the blood of bulls and goats were enough, there would have not been a reason for another testament. And the, the testament only becomes a testament at the death of the testator. And when Jesus died and said, it is finished, that meant he meant the Old Testament is over. The New Testament just began. And, and when he told Mary that, he said, don't touch me because I've not yet ascended to my father. But go tell my disciples I ascended to my father. I'm coming to In other words, what he was saying is, I am the high priest forever after the Lord of Melchizedek. He went into heaven. There was not one ascension. There was two ascensions. He went into heaven with his own blood. The book of Hebrews said, with his own blood. And put it upon the altar of God so that to this day, his blood, is on the altar of heaven. And God's judgment, the wages of sin is death, is still in place. But it is there right next to them in the throne of God. And when the accuser comes and says, oh, but you don't know about that layer rag. You don't know what he did. Wait a minute. Jesus, is that correct? Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father forever interceding for me. Father, the blood is still on the altar. His name is in the book. Well, then he's forgiven. That's the only way. That is really what happened on Christmas, y'all. It is a big deal. If it wouldn't have happened that way, in that strange way, none of this would have been possible. None of it. He had to come that way because of his own law. Now, look, I break this down even further in the war in Bethlehem. All you have to do is go to thewarinbethlehem.com, thewarinbethlehem.com, and you can read all of this even more in depth. 